the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. Welcome back to Bob Bernie Live on this Tuesday afternoon. My telephone number is 877 Bob Live, 877 262 5483. Folks, Most of you know this. I don't think many of you need for me to remind you. The size of a church has absolutely nothing to do whether they are really biblical or not. The size of a church does not mean that God is either blessing it or is not blessing it. Please, understand that. Please understand that. Now, there are big mega churches in America that are just solid, biblical, separated from the world, winning people to Jesus, building disciples of Christ, and they're huge and they're growing, and praise God for that. The flip side of the coin is, there are some big, big churches that are basically worthless. Oh, they got—they are filled with people, and they talk about Jesus, and they sing about Jesus, but it's nothing more than a social club. The size of the church has nothing to do with whether God is blessing it or not. In fact, I can say without any fear of contradiction— Most of what God is accomplishing in America is happening in small churches, because the majority of Bible-believing churches are small. And the fact that they are small does not mean God is not blessing them, just like the fact that a church is big does not mean that God is blessing them. It's their adherence to Scripture, their faithfulness to God and His Word that determines whether they are doing what God has called the local church to do. Now, I would hope that a church that is really sold out for Jesus Christ and committed to Scripture is growing. I would hope that they're growing. But there are wonderful Bible-believing churches and small communities all over America. They will never be megachurches because they're in a small community. They'll never be a megachurch. And I have just enormous respect for pastors who pastor these smaller churches, and they're 
they believe they are exactly where they are supposed to be, they're where God has placed them, and they're going to be faithful there until if until and if God would move them someplace else. Um, most of you know, Joy and I have a little ministry that we call Cross Power, and we travel all the time. Um, we're out almost every weekend. And the overwhelming majority of the churches that we are in are small. A hundred people or less. That just seems to be where God has called us to minister, and that's fine. That's, that is just fine. Now, there's usually a reason why I get off on a rant, and I certainly do this time. Um, this story just rocked me. And after reading through it, I found out it's actually from a couple of years ago. Okay? But I can't imagine that things have changed. Here is a headline that I came across today. Ohio megachurch pastor punts the Bible across the stage for Super Bowl-themed church service. Now, when I first read this, I thought this was this past Sunday. Turns out it was two years ago. And I'll name names. It's Crossroads Church down in Cincinnati. Quote, it's one of the fastest growing, largest churches in America, consisting of nearly 40,000 members spread across 14 different locations in Ohio and Kentucky. Quote, each year they transform their church lobby into a stadium or a tailgate party and stage a Super Bowl of preaching contest between pastors who enter the arena like MMA fighters or boxers, play secular songs during the intermission, and so forth. And then there is a whole host of pictures and video of Super Bowl Sunday at this place that calls themselves a church. Now, I don't know what they did this past Sunday. And again, when I first read the article, I thought this was current. This was, uh, actually, it was in uh, 2020. And there's a lengthy video. Everything is Super Bowl theme. Okay, all right. I know that turns me off. Just preach. You know, you don't have to turn your Sunday morning service into a Super Bowl service. Just preach the gospel, okay? But anyway, if churches, you know, dressing in football jerseys, okay, all right. It it turns me off, but hey, I'm not going to knock that. But in these videos, I mean, it is over the top. It is so over the top. And here's what got me. They have a contest between a male pastor and a female pastor. They um, um, they have a like a preach-off. They have two teams, and in order to determine who gets to preach first, they had a kickoff. And I'm not making this up. I watched the video. 
the female pastor kicked off to the male pastor. Evidently, he's going to get to preach first, and then she will preach, and it's a contest, which I think is an abomination. But anyway, someone, you know, when they kick off, someone holds the football or like an extra point. Well, one of the staff members, I assume, holds a Bible. A Bible. The Word of God. The inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. The staff member puts the Bible down. The female pastor backs up and kicks the Bible. It's a kickoff. Super Bowl. Kicks the Bible. It goes over the head of the male pastor into the crowd, and the crowd goes crazy. They have just watched someone desecrate the Word of God. They have just watched someone kick the Bible. And instead of walking out in protest that the Word of God would be treated that way, these ignorant, ignorant Christians cheer wildly. Folks, we don't need this. Listen, I'm for using new techniques, new technology. No, I kid about being a fuddy-duddy, but I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I'm for using the latest and greatest as long as it is biblical. But we cannot, we cannot, we cannot turn our churches into nightclubs, sports arenas. We are the body of Christ. And we are there to fellowship with each other, preach the gospel, win people to Christ, and make disciples. The church does not exist to entertain. We saw what happened with that whole seeker-sensitive nonsense that so many thousands of churches got involved. Seeker-sensitive, seeker-sensitive. Look where that led. It completely disintegrated because it was not built on the foundation of Scripture. Folks, don't be a part of a church that seeks first and foremost to entertain. Don't be a part of it. Don't be a part of it. All right. That rant is over. Don't you dare kick the Bible in front of me. Don't, no, 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 don't. news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. I thought I was done on what I was talking about before the break, but I'm not quite, all right? 
Just please remember, the devil lives in the extremes. If he can get us to go to one extreme or another, he wins. And it's certainly true in how we conduct our worship services. There is the extreme of dead, 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 dry, dull, nothing happening. You know, we stand up straight. We have no emotion. Uh, we can't have fun. You can't laugh. Uh, just strict, stiff as a board worship services. We haven't changed since the 1940s or maybe the 1950s. There's been no adaptation to today, to how people listen and music and, all right, ungodly extreme. It's the way we've always done it. We're never going to change. Ungodly extreme. But you don't see that extreme very often. It's rare. I mean, it is rare that there are any churches around that still look like the 1950s. I know they're out there. But they're rare. But then there's the opposite extreme. You walk in, you have no idea whether you're in a church or a rock concert or a nightclub or a casino. You have no idea. There is nothing that is different in a Sunday morning worship service than a Saturday night rock concert down at the local arena. Dark, dark, dark. Everything is dark. You keep the people in the dark. The only light you have is on the platform for the performers. Oh, they got spotlights on them. Everybody can see them, but the poor people out in the congregation, they're sitting in the dark. I don't get that. I I don't get that. Oh, okay. That's one of my that's one of my pet peeves. Um, I like light. I don't understand why Christians who are to be characterized by light want to live in darkness. I just I don't get that. It it makes it makes no sense to me at all. We are to be characterized by light. Okay, all right, but anyway. Uh somewhere in the middle. We can adapt, we can change. Use new techniques, new use new technology. Not the smoke. Don't know. Leave the, no. A concert, fine. Sunday morning, forget the smoke, all right? Uh, okay. Uh, just that's, that's just me, all right? But we honor Christ. And our our first and most important motive is not what will get people emotionally up. What will really get them rocking this Sunday? You know, what will put them on an emotional high? What songs, what set, what can we do to just get them on an emotional high? Hey, listen, real worship many times gets you on a real emotional high. But it's not because that's what you intended. It's just the Holy Spirit shows up. And the Holy Spirit begins working in people. Listen, worship with, without emotion is empty, and I don't think that honors God. But worship that is built on emotion and performance 
is not biblical, it's not scriptural, and it's not edifying. Um, and I know that I know not everybody agrees with me, and oh, Bob just an old funny daddy. No, no, I, I'm I'm really not. I'm just pleading for biblical balance. I'm just I'm pleading for biblical balance in our worship. And by the way, don't forget the hymns. Use the new songs. There's some really great new songs, wonderful stuff. Use them. But our hymns are part of our heritage. And just because they're old doesn't mean they're good. There's some really bad old hymns. I mean, bad, meaningless old hymns. The age has nothing to do with it, necessarily. But it grieves me that many hymns of the church that have stood the test of 200 years, 300 years, 400 years, 500 years, they have stood the test through every generation for two, three, four, five hundred years, and today they're lost. The first generation to abandon our heritage. I don't think we should be guilty of that. Have a mix. You know, have a mix. Use the old. Use the new. And by the way, use the old with a new slant. That's fine. All right, now, my rant really is over. I'm done. I'm finished. <clears throat> the old fuddy-duddy old. Try to find a lazy boy and kick my feet up during the break. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 